You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. Welcome to the Locked On Hornets Podcast. We're coming to you live from the Essex Home Studios, affiliated with 730 The Game ESPN Charlotte, but a big shout out to Gettermer.com Studios in Uptown Charlotte where we usually broadcast the show. It's just going to be myself today. Only Walker Mail here with you. And you can find myself on Twitter, at Walker Mail. Just me today, flying solo. Don't have Nada, who is swamped with work, and Doug, who we told you was going to be on a hiatus from the podcast for quite a while because he's got weddings to go to. He's got stuff to do with the Sell or Die podcast that he's also working extremely hard on. So Doug Branson and Nada Edwards not going to be here with me today, but you can find them on Twitter as well. Nada at Nada the Scribe and Doug at Doug Branson LOH. You can find our show handle on most social media platforms at Locked On Hornets is what you're looking for again at Locked On Hornets. You can find on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So on today's podcast, we're going to recap the Hornets final preseason game against the Dallas Mavericks and how some of their stats at the end of the preseason compares to what we saw last year as a whole. So not a big sample size, but some interesting trends to see what happened in this year's preseason compared to what happened in the last year's regular season as a whole. Also, we'll get to Rick Bennell's article on Jeremy Lamb and how he's developed throughout his career. Rick explores how long it's taken for Lamb to win the starting job without an injury to someone. So just looking at his overall status in the league and how far he's come. But first, we'll head to the Locked On Hornets guest line where I had a chance to talk with Matt Richinsky of Hornets.com. Check it out right here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Welcome back to the Locked On Hornets podcast. I'm Walker Mail and just going solo for the most part today, but we'll fix that right now and head to the guest line with the regular season just being a few days away. We'll talk with Senior Director of Interactive Media. You can find his work on Hornets.com. That's Matt Rachinsky. Matt, thanks for hopping on, man. How are you? Hey, no problem, Walker. I'm excited, man. It's you know, it's like a kid at Christmas time. We're getting ready. Here it, we go. And just, things tip off in two days, and you know everybody's undefeated right now. So it's pretty pumped. Yeah, I'm excited as well. Just a couple days away until they take on the Milwaukee Bucks, a home opener, October 17th, and it's going to be fun to see this 30th anniversary get kicked off with a good Bucks team coming here at home. And Matt, what are you most excited for this season? Just from watching the preseason, watching summer league, a long off season, and you get a chance to talk to all of these guys. Just number one thing that you're excited for to see come into play. I mean, the thing I'm most excited for is the, how excited these guys have been throughout the preseason and, and even before that and through the off season about how many guys were here, how many guys were in here working out, really wanting to get after it, and, and we're really looking forward to the season. These guys are very open and honest. We didn't finish last year the way anybody wanted us to finish. Playoffs were the goal. We didn't get there, and obviously some changes were made. And change can sometimes be a great thing. And there's definitely an energy that's around this building, on the practice court, out there during preseason games. I mean, we see it when you've got guys that are, you know, towards the end of the bench and they're out there and performing amazing things. And you see starters like Kemba and Nick and Jeremy Lamb up on the bench excited for these guys. The best way to say what is my most excited for is what Smiles Bridge is going to do next because this guy's been a human highlight film in, in you know, the preseason so far. Yeah, that's where I was going to lead into next. Miles Bridges has been so much fun to watch, and the Charlotte Hornets just might have hit on this guy. At least it looks like it right now in this preseason. Uh, Matt, what's it been like being around Miles Bridges? I know you had a chance to interview him uh, not too far after the draft was completed and they selected him, and you got a chance to watch him. Uh, what's been the best part of having Miles Bridges in the Spectrum Center? 
You know, he's just a good kid. He just seems like he's a good guy. You know, he's got his head on his shoulders. You know, Tom Izzo, you know, kind of whoops those guys into shape there at Michigan State, and you can definitely tell he entered the league ready to be a part of this league, ready to try and make an impact. He carries himself much more mature than you get a lot of rookies who come into this league. He's, you know, knowing that he's doing as well as he is doing, he's also not trying to do too much. He's still that guy who's going to do what Coach asked him to do, really make that impact, get that energy up. And he's just a fun guy to be around. And his energy, like everybody else's energy right now, is infectious among the guys. You know, he's he's coming and fit right in with the veterans, and these guys have kind of taken him under their wing and know that he can be a guy who's going to make a big impact on this team potentially this season and if he's going to do that hey let's let him do it i mean we haven't had a rookie round here like this in a while he's got this kind of excitement early on heading into the season do you have a favorite charlotte hornet dunker of all time and do you think miles bridges could potentially be that guy I mean, some of these things he's been able to do are absolutely ridiculous. It's it's tough to say that there's. I mean, Gerald Wallace. I loved watching. You know, Gerald Wallace when he went to the went to the rim and attacked the basket. That some of the best dunks I've seen in my 13 years employed here were from G Dub, no doubt. But I'll tell you what, Miles might be able to give him a run for his money. Some of these things he's been doing, and I know we're giving some early hype to try and get this guy in the dunk contest for All Star. And hopefully he would have a better showing than Gerald did when he was out there. You know, I, I think that I think he will. I would sure. imagine. I would imagine so. He's been exciting to watch. Director of Interactive Media, Senior Director of Interactive Media, Matt Rachinsky, joining us here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. And Matt, you mentioned the All Star Game coming here to Charlotte. What does that mean to this franchise and just the community overall in the Queen City? I mean, I think it's great for the community as a whole and for the franchise both um, because it's going to put all eyes here on the city of Charlotte. You know, in February, everyone's going to converge here. You're going to have all the big stars in town. You're going to have all of the big stars who want to attend the game in town. It's, it's, it's such a global event for everyone. And to be able to showcase the city of Charlotte, to be able to showcase the Spectrum Center and other surrounding areas of this great community, I think it's going to be absolutely tremendous for everyone in Involved and really give us our chance to shine. Charlotte deserves a chance to shine. We've been coming, you know, been on the come up here for a while, and it's going to be nice to have some recognition and really kind of put our city center stage for the rest of the world to see. And as we've discussed quite a bit, Kimball Walker is going to be a free agent at the end of this season, barring any kind of contract extension that Mitch Kupchak might send his way before the season is done. But Kimba has constantly relayed the message that he wants to be a Charlotte Hornet. He still wants to be in Charlotte. How how cool is that to you just to see a star of his caliber continue to support his being here in Charlotte and be a destination where he wants to continue playing basketball? Yeah, I've been working in sports for years now, almost 20 years at this point. It's kind of crazy when you start looking at it, but this is a guy who is more humble than any all-star that I've ever been around, um, with the exception of maybe Yao Ming was much the same way. Just the way that this guy carries himself, the way that Kemba's carried himself from day one when he walked in here in the lockout season and you know was the absolute worst year we could potentially have and where he's grown and taken himself to now and how he's grown not only on the court in his gameplay but from a leadership standpoint. Like This guy is just one of the best guys that I've ever had the opportunity to cover in sports. He is 
tremendous. He's got a great work ethic. He's, he's gotten better because he's allowed himself to get better. He's done the work to push himself forward. And to hear him say the things that he wants to stay here, he wants to finish his career in Charlotte, to hear Mitch come out and say, we want to have this guy here in Charlotte. I mean, if I'm a Charlotte Hornets fan, those are the things I want to definitely be hearing from both parties right now because I think they're going to do whatever it takes to make something happen. Senior Director of Interactive Media, Matt Rachinsky, joining us now on the Locked on Hornets podcast. And Matt, you have James Borrego, new head coach coming in, trying to implement this system with a lot of the same players. What have you seen from James Borrego so far this offseason that you particularly like? You know, I knew it was going to be a challenge because he came in and said, hey, we're going to really change the way this team plays. We're going to get up and down the court. We're going to shoot a ton of threes. We're going to have this high up-tempo offense that we're going to be moving the ball consistently, wanting to attack the rim. Um, it wasn't exactly the same way, obviously, under Cliff. Cliff had a different kind of offense. These guys have embraced this. They want to get up and down. I mean, we've got some tremendous athletes on the team, and I really think it's really going to kind of play into some of their games. I think a guy like Nick Batum is going to have a bounce-back year from what our fans expected him to have last year. I think he's really going to be a perfect fit in how this system's working. I think, you know, Jeremy Lamb and Malik Monk are both going to take tremendous steps forward uh, in terms of their growth and development and what they're going to be expected to do out on the court for us because these are guys that are going to be able to put up points in a hurry. Um, you know, we, we used to look at things last year and say, Kemba Walker was the guy I wanted with the ball in his hands at the end of the game, but Kemba Walker was also the guy who was demanding the ball be in his hands at the end of the game. I think there's going to be a lot of guys here who are not afraid to take those last-second shots or really make an impact down the stretch in the fourth quarter. That's what I'm most excited to see. How can we play when we have more than one scoring option, and how difficult is that going to be for teams to defend us? I think it's going to be amazing what he's been able to do, what Coach JB has been able to do, with the pieces that were already here to really shape them to be the kind of team he wants to play. All right, that was, again, Senior Director of Interactive Media for the Charlotte Hornets. Catch his work on Hornets.com, and you can catch him on Twitter at Matt Rachinsky. Matt, thanks so much for hopping on with us today. We appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Anytime. We'll see you Wednesday. All right, once again, Matt Rachinsky, thanks so much to him for hopping on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back with more here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. <laughs> now here's the funny part i was listening to this to prep it for the show and um my wife walks in and was like what are you yeah listening right to that's a little scary cool. if, if you don't have the context if you walk in and you start hearing that yeah that's darth vader i didn't have pants on that didn't help <laughs> yeah, either. No, that's... Um, it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast Welcome back to the Lockdown Hornets podcast. I'm your host, Walker Mail. If you want to support our show and the amazing people that put it together, consider joining our Patreon community for as little as $1 a month. You can help us keep making the daily Hornets content that you've come to trust. Go to patreon.com slash LOH. There's a link in the description of this episode. You can get entered into our contest for free bobbleheads and tickets and get access to content before anyone else. Patreon.com slash LOH. Every dollar goes to making this the best Hornets talk 
in all of Charlotte. So we appreciate you joining us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. A big thanks to Matt Rachinsky of Hornets.com. We'll transition into what transpired on Friday night between the Charlotte Hornets and the Dallas Mavericks and their last preseason game of the season. Just a couple of days before the Milwaukee Bucks come to town and the Charlotte Hornets officially play some meaningful basketball. So when you look at what they did against the Dallas Mavericks, you can look at their starting lineup. Not exactly the greatest minutes from them, but not exactly the most minutes from them as well. They all played at above 15, almost at about 20 minutes for all of the starters. Cody Zeller, Marvin Williams, Kimba Walker, Jeremy Lamb, and Nick Batum. Just a couple guys getting in double figures. Kimba Walker scoring 13 points. Jeremy Lamb scoring 11 points. And you look at some of the other guys off the bench that were able to come in and have a good game. No surprise. Miles Bridges led all the team in minutes in 28 minutes, and the next closest guy was 19 with Malik Monk, Nick Batum, and Jeremy Lamb all getting 19 minutes. So Miles Bridges playing almost 10 minutes more than the next guy up, and the guy has continued to impress. Maybe not the best game against the Chicago Bulls. He did have the impressive alley-hoop from Kimball Walker, but that was his only bucket of the game. Not the case here against the Dallas Mavericks. 6 of 11 from the field, 1 of 3 from beyond the arc, Continues to rebound the ball well at seven boards in this game. He was at a plus nine in the plus minus column. He did have a few turnovers and just the one assist, but did add a couple of steals to make up for at least a couple of the turnovers. Miles Bridges has continued to improve in this offseason, and you've been, and you saw him in summer league improve every single game he was out there in Las Vegas. And you saw how much he improved from Summer League here in the preseason. The guy's been phenomenal to where I think he's on the radar right now, even nationally, as a potential guy who could make the first team all-rookie team. I bet there are some people out there that could potentially see him winning rookie of the year. You would probably go Luka Doncic. You would probably go DeAndre Ayton and some of those guys that got drafted among the top few selections in the league. But Miles Bridges, he's certainly on the radar. And if if it's not even just his basketball playmaking ability, it's the dunking that might get a lot of the attention. And you know what? So be it. The guy has played very well, but the dunking is going to get a lot of heads to turn towards the way of Charlotte. I remember when Kimba Walker, a couple of years ago, was able to make his first All-Star game. It seemed like NBA accounts all over the place were starting to tweet out their respect for Kimba because he was starting to really improve as a basketball player. And he came out with some really exciting plays. I thought that because of the national attention that he was getting, and maybe it wasn't much, but because he would get some tweets here and there, I think that stuff matters. And Miles Bridges is getting some love. He's getting some attention from some of these other big national NBA accounts. NBA on ESPN, ESPN and SportsCenter themselves, NBA.com. You're getting some of these accounts tweeting about the exciting dunks, the exciting plays that Miles Bridges is giving you here. It's exciting stuff to see not only from a Charlotte Hornets fan perspective, but also just an NBA fan perspective. Another young talent that comes into the league and is interesting for everybody to pay attention to. Some other things I think you take note of in this Hornets and Mavericks game. Frank Kaminsky had 15 minutes and he had not played well at all this preseason. It looks like he's working his way out of the rotation. He does play 15 minutes. He hits two of three from the field. Just the one three-pointer that he was able to hit as well. Four for four from the free throw line. Defensively, I think looked better. This was his best game in the preseason, and it was by far. So Frank Kaminsky, at least leaving on a decent note, 
what he was able to do in preseason, which was not a whole lot, but at least you're leaving on some kind of a decent note. You also see, just real quickly, some news breaking over the weekend that Joe Cheely, point guard, College of Charleston point guard, actually is going to get a two-way contract with the Charlotte Hornets team. J.P. McCurra got it a while back, and they were looking to see who else was going to be their other two-way contract player. They have two contracts of that sort that they can give out, and so J.P. McCurra got it a while back, and now Joe Cheely, congratulations to him. Played pretty well in, in summer league, and in preseason, I don't think he's done anything to really wow you, but he did hit a three in this game against the Mavericks. Only played three minutes, so not a whole lot of playing time for him, but Congratulations to him as he does land a two-way contract for the Charlotte Hornets. Switching gears to just stats as a whole, what you've gotten this preseason and what kind of trends you saw last season. And I want to compare the two because they are interesting. You can see some of these changes that James Borrego is starting to implement in his first year as a Charlotte Hornets head coach. Just looking at the free throw attempts already, maybe that's something that's not changing a whole lot. Hornets were ninth in free throw attempts and 24th in percentage this preseason. So you see, you're getting to the line quite a bit, but the percentage is not as good as what it should be. When you look elsewhere around the NBA, it comes in at 24th in the league this preseason. But last year, Hornets were first in attempts from the charity stripe and 24th in percentage. So the percentage has stayed the same even in preseason when you look at what happened last year. Now, I think when you look at those numbers, you can tell that Dwight Howard had a big impact on the amount of attempts that were taken from the free throw line. The defensive strategy of hack a shack, it turns into hack a Dwight. You live with him going to the foul line, hitting one of two, going 0 for 2 at a decent clip. That's just a chance that defenses are willing to take. So certainly the Dwight Howard fouls and sending the Charlotte Hornets to the free throw line, that played a big factor and them getting the number one spot in free throw attempts last year. And 24th in percentage, look, Dwight Howard's going to help you in that regard as well, the fact that he's gone. He's going to help you get to the free throw line a lot, but he's going to hurt your percentage. And I would imagine with Dwight Howard now playing for the Washington Wizards, he's going to do the same thing for them. And you would imagine the Charlotte Hornets percentage would go up. So it did finish 24th in this preseason, exactly what it was last season as a whole for the Charlotte Hornets. But I do think that Dwight Howard, he's going to have a negative effect as far as how many times they go to the free throw line, but he's going to have a positive effect. His absence is going to have a positive effect as far as them having a better percentage. You look at beyond the arc, and that's something that the NBA just as a whole has gone to. The Charlotte Hornets finished 13th in three-pointers attempted per game and 6th in percentage this preseason. You look at 2017-2018, they were 21st last year in three-pointers attempted, and they were 7th in percentage. So they did not shoot all that much. They're 7, 8 spots better than what they were last year as far as the attempts that they took. But the percentage, it's still relatively the same. So James Borrego, discussing at the beginning of the season, he saw that there are shooters on this team, and he wants people to take a higher volume. Marvin Williams is someone I've gone to as an example a lot. Marvin saying he used to look for just the best shot available, but Borrego wants him to just take a higher volume of shots. You saw him do that this preseason, and they're still hitting at a good clip. So James Borrego implementing that strategy, so far it's worked out for them. And just looking at some numbers from the field, the Charlotte Hornets finished ninth in field goal percentage this preseason, and they were 23rd last year 
I would imagine somewhere in the middle those numbers would try to finally meet. But if Borrego can get them taking smarter shots, then that would make a world of difference for the Charlotte Hornets offense. You wonder about defensively how this team is going to come along as the year goes. It's interesting that we have forgotten so much. I bring it up all the time. It's interesting to me that James Borrego has preached defense, that they want to be able to defend as much as anything, and yet everyone is discussing his impact on the offense. Now, Miles Bridges has been good, but there are still some rotations that the guy is just a little confused about. There are still some decision-making on the defensive side that Miles Bridges still looks lost on, and I think we're all to the point where that's okay because he's a rookie and you're willing to deal with his development being in his first season. You're looking at a lot of these guys. Malik Monk, not the strongest defender in the world, to say the least. Jeremy Lamb, not the strongest defender in the world. Kimball Walker has grown as a, def- a defensive player, but he's still not one of the best defensive men in the NBA. So you're seeing a lot of these guys that are going to get a lot of playing time. They mentioned they want Jeremy Lamb to have a big year. They've mentioned a lot of these guys. So defensively, it looks like they're going to take a step back, and it seems like one of the balances that we're going to have to try to figure out this season is if the defense can be competent and can the offense perform at a high rate They were scoring a lot of points this preseason. 114, I believe, was their average. So that's a good average for the Charlotte Hornets. If if you're able to score that many points, then I would imagine you win a decent amount of games. And the defense just has to try to find a way to come along. And we'll see how the Hornets are eventually able to perform in that area. We don't do this podcast alone. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can support us by supporting the network. You can search Locked On in your podcast feed to see if your favorite NFL, MLB, or college team is represented or you can go to LockedOnSports.com. The Locked On Podcast Network is covering your team every day. Still more to come. We're going to talk about Jeremy Lamb and his slow development and finally being a starter. What's gone into all of his development over the last six years of his NBA career? It's Walker Mail on the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. And Doug, don't you have an Eldon Campbell like stuffed animal type thing? Yes, I do. I got it at the last regular season home game that they had before they left for New Orleans. I, look, I love me some Eldon Campbell, but is that, is they, that the guy? they were just they were clearing everything out of the house because it was whatever they gave to the fans that night. They didn't have to take with them to New Orleans. Get more Hornets analysis on LockedOnHornets.com. Welcome back to Locked On Hornets. I'm Walker Mail. Keeping it solo today. Nida Edwards will hopefully be back with us tomorrow. I'm not exactly sure when Doug is going to be back. Busy man flying to San Diego for a wedding. I think going to somewhere up north, one of the Midwestern states. I'm not exactly sure, but the guy's all over the place. So hopefully Doug will be back with us at some point this week. I would imagine he misses most of the week. Maybe one day he can come back, but then next week he should be set to go. So a couple of days until the NBA season starts here officially. The Charlotte Hornets take on the Milwaukee Bucks on October 17th. And Jeremy Lamb finds himself as the starter for the opening game against the Bucks at shooting guard. There were a few battles to take note of heading into this offseason where we were trying to figure out who exactly the starting lineup would be. Shooting guard was one between Malik Monk and Jeremy Lamb. I think the center position was interesting. Billy Hernan Gomez and Cody Zeller 
was a battle that a lot of people thought Billy could eventually get that starting job. Cody's going to win it, but Billy Hernan Gomez really did a very good job this offseason. Summer League, he showed you his ability to hit from beyond the arc, and he continued that this preseason. So Billy Hernan Gomez not necessarily losing that starting job. Just Cody Zeller is just better defensively and offensively. He's fine running down the court the way that James Borrego wants this to be a faster-paced offense. Cody Zeller is a good player in the NBA when healthy, and you got to hope the guy can just stay healthy enough for James Borrego to be able to use him. And Billy Hernan Gomez Going to be the backup five, while we've talked about Frank Kaminsky. He'll probably be slotted at the five as well, where he's not going to make a whole lot of minutes for himself. But we've we've talked about the five battle. We talked about possibly switching it up in the front court, where MKG was the starter of years past. That's not the case anymore. But you do see Miles Bridges coming in here, maybe making that a competition. MKG making it a competition with Nick Batum, who gets moved to the small forward. We've talked about a lot of these position battles. But the shooting guard battle. Between Jeremy Lamb and Malik Monk was interesting. I think that was the one where a lot of people really did not know who was going to start at the beginning of the season. We guessed Jeremy Lamb, but a lot of people thought Malik Monk might just make that a competition with the way that Borrego had talked him up so much getting this job in the first place, the way that he had really honed in on him and player development, and that was one of the reasons that they felt they needed to let Steve Clifford go was because of the lack of player development. And that was the number one thing that they sung heading into this hiring process. Borrego fit the bill. He, he attached his name to Malik Monk. So it would have made sense had Malik Monk actually opened up as the first day starter. But Jeremy Lamb really wrapped this job up pretty quickly. And that first game against the Boston Celtics... A lot of people were a little scared to say that it was done right then and there, but eventually it became to be. And Malik Monk has had a decent preseason. You know, field goal percentage isn't very good, but the three-point field goal percentage specifically has been good for Malik. So it's not that Malik did such an awful job. It's just Jeremy Lamb has continued to show you that it's somebody that can really score in this league. And Borrego had talked about him a couple of times as a potential playmaker for the Charlotte Hornets and Rick Bennell. He writes an article on the Charlotte Observer. You can check out his article if you go to his Twitter, at Rick underscore Bennell. That's his handle, and you can check out all the articles that he writes. He's very good about tweeting those out and giving you the access to all of them that he writes on the Charlotte Observer that you can check out also at charlotteobserver.com. But Jeremy is an interesting case in that it took him a while to get here. He's now a sixth-year man, a seventh-year man in the league after six full seasons in the NBA so far. His first three seasons were with the Oklahoma City Thunder. He was a part of the James Harden trade that sent James Harden from the Oklahoma City Thunder to the Houston Rockets. So he came in return to the Thunder for James Harden. And you look at him through the first three years of his career with Oklahoma City. You know, the most points he ever averaged was eight and a half. That was his second year in the league. That year he shot 36% from three, just 43% from the field. You know, it wasn't anybody that was getting a ton of minutes, only averaged 19 and a half per game with the Thunder in his second season. And the third year, it dipped all the way down to 13 and a half, and he only played 47 games. So he comes here to the Charlotte Hornets at the age of 23. He averages 8.8, then 9.7. And then last season, he scores 12.9 per game, 12.9 points per game. And every single year he's been here in Charlotte, he shot over 45%. The three-point shooting really is what took off last season. I think that, that was the biggest improvement. You saw him take more three attempts than he had since his second year in Oklahoma City, and you saw him make it at a 37% clip. So Jeremy Lamb really improving 
every single year that he's been here with the Charlotte Hornets. And I wonder, I wonder how he would thank Steve Clifford if that was somebody, if that would be somebody he credits a lot for his development, or if there would be any kind of angst from Jeremy Lamb of uh, at Steve Clifford for not playing him until even last season when he did average the most points or most minutes per game he's ever played at 25 a game. And so Jeremy Lamb discussing how he's been able to grow in the league. It's an interesting quote that Rick puts in here. Lamb says, quote, if my rookie year somebody had told me I'd be in the league six years later, seven years later, and have a chance to start, I would not have believed him. And that's incredible. A rookie coming in with all the confidence in the world, somebody tells him that you're going to be a starter in this league, even in the league. You know, Jeremy said he would be surprised if he was in the league at this point when you look back six years later. It's incredible to see the development that he's been able to undergo. And so now here we are at age 26 with Jeremy Lamb, somebody that took a while, but in his sixth season, I think really blossomed. He was one of the bright spots on a Charlotte Hornets team that did not have a lot of them last year. And so now Jeremy comes in as the starter on opening night for the Charlotte Hornets. And he credits a lot of the older veterans, even at the Oklahoma City Thunder, Russell Westbrook and other and Kevin Durant veterans that would text him even when he came here to Charlotte. They would text him and say, keep working, you know, make sure you're you're continuing to work and, and keep going at it. Young fella is what they would say they would call him. And I remember him telling stories about Nick Collison and how important the cold tub was. Oh, anytime Jeremy didn't want to necessarily do the cold tub. Nick Collison would say, all right, you know, you're losing $5 million right there. Well, because you didn't hop in the cold tub, you're losing millions of dollars. I guess you don't like money then. And it was funny to hear that Nick Collison, you know, one of the consummate pros of the NBA, was with the Seattle Supersonics for a while before they moved to the Oklahoma City Thunder, before they moved to Oklahoma City, and he was with the Thunder forever. You know, one of the guys off the bench, everybody remembers him as just the quintessential member of that, that Thunders team coming off the bench and you know, doing whatever he needed to do, but also just a pure veteran in this league, helping Jeremy Lamb out. And it was funny to hear Jeremy talk about Nick Collison and the effect that he had on Lamb's career, just not even you know playing basketball and putting the time in in the gym, but eating right, make sure you're getting enough rest, and that oh-so-important cold tub that Nick Collison beat into his brain to make sure that you were – doing that, healing your body to get ready for an 82-game season. And now even with a new coach in James Borrego, it took him a while to win over Steve Clifford, but James Borrego this offseason has been pretty adamant how impressed he's been with Jeremy Lamb, not only as a shooter slash scorer, but even as a passer. He averaged three assists this preseason. I mean, Jeremy's overall game has really developed, and you wonder what the Charlotte Hornets are going to do with Jeremy Lamb as he now enters a contract season. You wonder what the Hornets are going to do with Kimba Walker, of course, first. But then after that, you wonder if Jeremy Lamb is somebody that's going to be a Charlotte Hornet for the long term, and if James Borrego wants him badly enough in order to try to get Mitch Kupchak and company to pay that man his money and stay here with this Hornets organization after what's been pretty fun to see him grow in a Hornets uniform. All right, thanks for listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Mitch Kupchak, James Borrego, and a couple of other members of the Charlotte Hornets organization were available for some questions today. We'll break down all of their answers tomorrow on the Locked On Hornets podcast.